0: I'm just going to go on and tell y'all this one's going to be tough. <laughs> <clears throat> this is going to be hard. I've dreaded it. I ain't going to lie to you. This one hurts. <laughs> every one. Every one I've ever done is a little bit different. <clears throat> This one hurts. (laughs) This is tough. It's real tough. (laughs) It's like a big empty hole. (laughs) And it's like that because it is. It really is. It's going to be there. My plan, my goal was to come in this morning and not make it about that. <clears throat> Try to offer some kind of comfort. <laughs> Try to address my church family who I know is hurting just as bad as I am. And there's coming a service at 2 o'clock to take care of all this other... I don't have to do it now. But it ain't no way. It ain't no way. The reason we're having church this morning is because they said, if you want to make Eddie Smith mad, cancel church. And that's the truth. That, that's, why, that's why I'm up here this morning doing this there wasn't nothing to set him off anymore <laughs> than to hear we cancel church especially on his behalf <laughs> <clears throat> a deacon for 40 years I'm only 44 years old He lived his whole life to get to where he's at today. And he put it on display. Go talk to the people that's worked with him over the years and ask them who who Eddie was and ask the people that went to church with him. And I'll guarantee you, you get the same answer. Was he perfect? No. Hard-headed? Like a mule. (laughs) Stuck in his ways? Love tradition. <laughs> we had we butted heads more we said in them deacons meetings and, and we butted heads. I got four guys here that'll attest to, to that. But I never I mean just he and I would have sit-downs and disagreements. And one of us was wrong. Scripturally, me or him one was wrong. And we would leave the room. Button heads, but I never left the room that he did not say, but brother, I love you. <laughs> because he understood every day really could be your last, and he didn't want to leave anything undone. Either I would have to come back and go, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you was right. Here's where I was wrong. Or he would do that. I never once went to him with my Bible and said, here's where you were wrong." He never once came to me with his Bible and said, here's where you were wrong. But he's come to me and said, here's where I was wrong. And I've come to him and said, here's where... So, I had this plan, and I even skipped things in Sunday school to be able to do it. And there won't be any scriptures on the thing this morning because I don't have any idea if what I told Nathan's even right at this point. The only place I know to get any comfort whatsoever in times like these is Scripture. I've lost a mentor. (laughs) A person I've looked up to, he's a person that's been in my life <clears throat> as far back as I can remember, in some capacity. In some capacity. Y'all know how I treat the kids around here? Y'all, y'all know how that, what that looks like most of you do? How I'll, I'll cut up and play and we'll fight, and then when they get out of order, I'll be the one that grabs them up by the nap of the neck and goes, what are you doing? Behave. That's, that was Eddie when I was that age. He was the one that... (laughs) He's the one that hollered at me for running in the the house. (laughs) So the only place I know to go to try to get any kind of comfort or any kind of... is Scripture. All right? So we're going to do that together this morning. All right? I will tell you that Eddie Smith knew his Bible as well as anybody I know. As, as good as Kevin is with Scripture and being able to, to pop, Eddie didn't necessarily have it memorized in that fashion, but he knew his Scripture as well as anybody I know. He could find anything. He, as a matter of fact, he was the guy that I called when I couldn't find something that I knew existed. I know it's there. And for the life of me, I can't find it. And he'd go, oh, brother, you're just a few pages away. And he'd tell me where what I was looking at was at. He was that guy. Mac Thomas will tell you, his brother-in-law will tell you that when, when he had anything he needed to know about Scripture, he was the guy he called. So he was familiar with it. So in times like these, in times when there was hurt and there was pain and people needed to be comforted, I believe this is how that would go. So let's go there. Let's go to, we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll start reading in in chapter, in verse 7, I'm sorry, verse 7. And what I really want to do this morning is, is exactly what this screen says, is talk about don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. No matter what we face in this world, don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. That's where we're going to be this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's start in Verse 7. <clears throat> But we have this in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, Into his presence. It is for it is all for your sake that as grace extends more and to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. You be seated. We started off reading. In, in verse 7, and it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. But we have this treasure. So what treasure is that? So I want to point out a couple of things to you, back up to chapter 4, starting at verse 1. I want to I point this out. We're going to leave it and come back to it later, but I want you to see that it's there. Chapter 4, verse 1, the end of it is, well, let's just start at the front. It says, therefore, which is another connecting word, Having this ministry by the mercy of God, and the ministry he's talking about is the ministry of, of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ. That's the ministry he's talking about in that therefore. But look at what he says. We do not lose heart. Keep, just, just wanted to point that out to you. It's in verse 1. We'll see it some more. We'll see it again. Just wanted you to be aware of it. Go to verse 6. We're trying to find out we have this treasure. What treasure? For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is the knowledge Of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. All right? Hang on to that. That, That's the treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The only comfort I have to offer to anybody that's ever lost anyone comes from these scriptures. The only comfort that I have to offer anyone is only going to be effective to people who have their hope in Christ and not in this world. If your hope is in this world and you're looking for comfort, I have nothing to offer you. I am sorry. But for those of you who have your hope in Christ and Christ alone, I have good news. I have some things here that I promise you are going to be comforting. I have some things here that I promise you will help us ward off. We even talked about it in Sunday school this morning, and, and, and it's where I wasn't going to go this morning, but I am think I'm going to end up there. We even have Scripture right here in front of us that tells us, go to, verse, go to chapter 5. It's just appropriate, I'm sorry. Go to chapter 5, verse 1. For we know, that the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. A tent is a temporary dwelling. A tent has never been built to be a permanent structure. And Paul says that we know that if this tent, when this tent, this body, this fleshly body, When it is destroyed, we have a home not built with the hands of man. Built by God. Eternal home. So if you want some hope in a time of loss for those of you that have your hope in Christ, let me tell you something. Eddie Smith lived his whole life to get to where he's at today. It was his goal. We should be celebrating. We should be happy for him. He ain't got to suffer this crap no more than me and you've got to suffer. And let me assure you of something. If there was a line that I could call and say, Hey, brother, we need you back, he'd go, Sorry about it, but I ain't giving up what I got to come back to what y'all got. It, It is our goal to get to where he's at. So why does it hurt so stinking bad? Why did I get up this morning squalling like a baby and I, I couldn't even get out of my truck in this parking lot without my eyes filling up with tears because I could just think of. That joker wouldn't do nothing but aggravate the snot out of me from the time I seen him till I couldn't see him no more and beyond. If I walked in this church building, I was going to get goosed. I had to be on my toe every time. I, when I walked in that door, I had to look and see if Eddie was standing there. He was going to goose me every time. So, yeah, there's this big hole that's left. I couldn't even go to Sunday school. I stood in Sunday school class this morning squalling. I get ready to come up here and I think, okay, God, I've asked the right people to pray for me and you've given me the strength I need and I'm going to be able to do this and it won't be no tears. Wrong. So knowing that if this tent is temporary and when it is destroyed... There's a permanent dwelling set aside for those of us who have our hope in Christ and not in this world. Why does it hurt so bad when one of our brothers... Listen, if there was ever a person that passed away from this life and I can confidently stand in front of you and tell you I know where Eddie Smith is. It's him. That's not based on anything he ever said to me or taught me. It's based on how he lived his life. The two most important things in this world to him was his, his God, his family, his, and that included his church family, being here, being a part of this. He supported everything that ever took place that I know of. He was, he was, his body, his tent was wore out. So this should be a time of Celebration. So why does it hurt so stinking bad? Paul addresses that. You know, Paul was real good in his writings about displaying in his writings the struggles that were taking place inside of him, right? You know, when he started talking about wanting to do what was right, and the more I try to do what I want to do, the more I do what I hate. (laughs) Remember, that's an internal struggle. He goes about the same thing, talking about this same subject, about whether I should I choose to live or die. Because to live is Christ, but to die, so which one do I choose? And he he says that, but right here he goes through it again. Give me just a second. My notes don't include this, so y'all bear with me. But he says that right here. Keep reading in chapter 5. For in this tent, look at this, we groan. Longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. In this tent, in this body, we groan. Right? We struggle. Right? We desire. We long. It is our desire to not have on this body, but to put on our permanent dwelling. Right? That's that's what Paul said there. Now, let's keep going. So, in other words, we desire to be out of this tent and in that mansion. That's what Paul says. Look at here. Keep going. If indeed by putting on, we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. In this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Are are y'all catching this? Are you seeing this? In this tent we groan. In this tent we are burdened. And we are longing for something more. We are longing for a permanent dwelling that God has provided, not that man has built. We, we groan in this life and we long for something more. Look at here. And who makes it possible? That He has prepared for us this very thing. He who has prepared us this very thing is God. Look who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Amen. So if the Spirit dwells inside of me because God promised me that, that's to serve as a guarantee that God keeps His Word. Amen. Yes. And this is supposed to take some of the fear out of dying, Right, Not just take some of the fear, to take all of the fear out of dying for a Christian, a person who has the guarantee. Right, he's, been, he's given us the Spirit as a guarantee so I know who I am because I know that Spirit dwells inside of me and I know that ain't true for everybody. So I've, I've been set aside and these promises are for me. So for me in this walk, in this tent is groaning and longing for something more. Verse 6, so we are always of good courage. Why? Why can I always be of good courage? Because even though this tent is destroyed, there's a permanent dwelling coming and He's given me a guarantee that it's real, that's the Spirit that dwells inside of me. And because of this, because I know that my hope's not in this world, my hope is in Christ and Christ alone. My hope is in the promises of God and everything that He says to me in His Word. My hope is not in my health. My hope is not in my financial status. My hope is not in my kids. My hope is not in my parents. My hope is not in this church. My hope is not in my pastor. My hope is in Christ and Christ alone. Therefore, knowing that, I have this guarantee. This tent is temporary. But it's not the end. It's it's not the end. So we are always of good courage. Now, does that mean you won't mourn when you lose somebody? No. Does that mean that I won't cry when it hurts? No. But it means that deep down, at the root of it all, is a courage that God has supplied to me through His promises. Knowing that this tent is temporary, knowing that there's a dwelling place beyond this earth, gives me a courage that the rest of the world can't understand. Because they don't have it. This isn't promised to the people in general. This is promised to Christians. This is promised to those who have the guarantee, the indwelling spirit. But it still hurts, right? Paul addresses that. Here we go. We know that while we are at home in the body We are away from the Lord Right? While we're in this flesh Right? For we walk by faith and not by sight Yes, we are of good courage Why? Because when we are in the body We're away from the Lord But But we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's our rather. That's what we really should want to do, is be out of this body and presence with the Lord. So in other words, right now, we should be jealous of it <laughs> So whether we are at home, look at this. So whether we are at home, which is in the body, or away, which is presence with the Lord, we aim to please God. See, what it says is our goal has to be the same. Here's the dilemma. We are stuck in this body. We are stuck in this tent until God calls us home. You won't be late for your number, your calling. Right? You won't live too long because God fell asleep and you won't go too early because He forgot your date. You have an appointed time. It is appointed to man once to die. Every one of us. Ten out of ten people. It's a guarantee, baby, if you were born, you will die. Okay? What we don't know is how, how, where that span is. Remember a few weeks ago I preached this and I talked about the dash. And I talked about the importance of understanding that you ain't promised tomorrow and I ain't promised tomorrow and life is but a vapor. Sound familiar? Just a couple of weeks ago I preached that while Eddie was with his family on a vacation. You think God's timing ain't perfect? It's... it's, While we're in this body, in this tent, with our hope in Christ, we long for something else. We desire more. This world is not all there. If you're living your best life now, you must be going to hell. You hear me? Don't buy into that garbage. You can't live your best life now. There's nothing about this life better than what's going to come. Right? It can't be the best. This ain't the best. But we get attached to it. Right? It gets comfortable. Right? It's full of things that we love. But this ain't our home. We're just passing through. This, This is a temporary place of dwelling where we are. What happened to Eddie Smith is going to happen to every single one of us. Every one of us are going to lead this walk of life. I promise you that's going to happen. Either Jesus is coming back or I'm dying. Death in this world, separation from this body, is presence with God. It's my goal. It's why I do the things I do in my life. Look, it's why I try to persuade you. Paul even says so much. We believe this so much that we try to persuade you. We want to persuade others for this because we know there's coming this judgment. So I've got to be aiming to please God. It doesn't matter if I've got 10 days left, if I've got 10 hours left. Or if I've got a hundred years left, it shouldn't affect my aim. And my aim is what Paul just said, to please God. See, we can talk about this dilemma of, of our desire to be here with our family and our loved ones versus our desire to be present with God. And we can talk about what a terror that is. Paul discussed it. We can discuss it. But the fact of the matter is, you don't know when your last day is. I don't know when my last day is. In the meantime, I have one goal. Please God. Please God. Live a life that is pleasing to God. I didn't say be perfect, did I? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say be sinless. I, didn't say, I said please God. Live your life in a way that God is pleased with you. Because you don't know when your last day is. I don't know when my last day is. But I can assure you of this. I have the guarantee. So I know that absence from this body is presence with the Lord. It's my goal. As a Christian, it's where I want to be. But see, I don't get to decide when. God puts the number on my days, not me. You realize Eddie was in the perfect place to get every ounce of help he could possibly get to not die, right? He wasn't just in the hospital. He's in the operating room where they have everything they need to address anything that could possibly happen. Yet they couldn't bring him back. You know why? It's his time. It was his time. You don't think they didn't try? For over an hour they tried. With everything they had, they tried. That doctor is absolutely devastated the way this thing happened. When it's my time, I'm gone. When it's your time, you're gone. You don't know when, I don't know when. Here's the important thing aim to please God. Be ready. I'll guarantee you this, Eddie was ready. You know, I've seen many instances along the way of people. This is not bragging. Don't take it that way. And I'm not trying to. And this is not. I'm just telling you something right here. I've done funerals for stillborn babies. Five-week-old babies. 22-year-old cousins that committed suicide aunts, uncles, grandparents, people that was in their church all their life and people had never seen the church. I have. And again, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, I've, I've, I've done a whole lot of them. And none of them are easy. Some are easier than others. The number that I can stand before you and tell you that I know, that I know where he is, is a small number. But this one, ain't no doubt in my mind. Because of something he told me, because of something he said? No, from watching him live his life. I ain't telling you he got it all right. I ain't telling you he perfected the art of being a Christian. I done told you how hard-headed he was. But if he knew how to do one thing right, he knew how to show people the love of Christ. (laughs) No matter who you were, no matter where you encountered him, no matter whether he'd known you all his life or he just met you, he knowed how to love people like Christ. He was good at it. His aim was to please God. Live your life like today's your last day. And that don't mean go sell all your worldly goods and hope it works out. I'm not telling you, you Still got you can still plan for the future. You can still plan for college education. You can still plan to buy... Vehicles, nothing's wrong with any of that. But I'm talking about at the core of you. I'm talking about what's most important to you. Has to be the fact that you want the people around you to know who Jesus is because you understand you may not have tomorrow to tell them. At the core of you, you have to understand how important it is that the people around you that you love, that you tell them that. Because you may not have tomorrow to tell them. I don't know when my time is. I don't know when your time is. I know this. I plan on being ready. I just plan on being ready. And if I can stay ready every day, it won't matter. If my aim daily is to please God, I ain't got to worry about it coming at a time when I wasn't in a place I needed to be. Right? See, the danger of taking those chances is you don't know when it is. The danger of taking those chances with life and going, well, I deserve an opportunity to just live for a while. I'll worry about that when I'm older. Who said you're going to get older? Who promised you that? They lied to you. Listen, if your hope is in Christ, I hope you've been encouraged in this time of sorrow, in this time of loss. If your hope is in the things of this world, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, I have no way of comforting you. But listen to me, it's not too late. You're still here. You still have the opportunity. You still have the opportunity to live the rest of your life with the guarantees that I'm talking about, with the comfort that I'm talking about. Oh, I'm not telling you you won't see me cry. I'm not telling you you won't see me hurt because I have Christ. That's not what I'm saying. It still hurts. Even though I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and even though I know that He's rejoicing and I can rejoice with Him, it still hurts. It does. See, that's the selfishness in me. That's the flesh in me. But at the root of it all, I can assure you, There ain't nothing here. He wants to leave what he's got now to come back to. And I mean that. It's hard for us to understand it. We can't grasp it. I I understand. I, I I don't get it all either. But I know what the Bible says is true. And what Scripture says is that in this body we are burdened and we long, we desire, I tell you what. I've decided I'm jealous. <laughs> Think about it. You live your whole life to reach a place and you finally get there. What's greater than that? What's better than that? I, I you know I don't I don't have I don't I mean I got so far off kilter this morning I ain't got a clue how to do go about a uh um invitation um we're going to have a song. I'm going to ask a praise team to come back up here. And I, I want to, I want to do, I, I do, I do know. I want to tell you that if you couldn't find comfort in what Scripture said, that, not what I said, if you couldn't find comfort in what Scripture said this morning, I'd like to talk to you about salvation. <laughs> I would love to have that opportunity. If you don't have no other reason to come to this altar this morning, we got a great big group of family. Y'all see the hole, right? That's going to be hurting for a while. I'm so thankful they're not here this morning. I could not have done this if they were sitting there. I'll just be honest with you. I don't know what we'd have done, but I couldn't have done this. But if you ain't got no other reason to, to come to this altar this morning, you can pray for them. Lift them up ask God to comfort them, ask God to strengthen them. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. And listen, it don't go away tomorrow, (laughs) right? There'll be times, there'll be things, there'll be stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of stories I could tell you right now that have served as reminders already in just a few short days. So that's for them is magnified. And as much as we loved him and as much as I'll miss him, it ain't nothing compared to what they're experiencing. Nothing compared to what they're experiencing. If you don't know Christ and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ or you ain't sure, please come talk to me this morning. Please come see me. Hey, pray for this family. It's going to be tough. We're gonna, it's going gonna to get started. It's going to get real here just pretty quick. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough on them. It's going to be tough on us. Lift them up in prayer. Pray for them. We're going to miss him. There ain't no two ways of putting it. We're going to miss him. they going to miss him. we going to miss him. He, it's going to be a big hole. And look, we ain't looking to fill that hole. We ain't trying to replace him. Before God took, he gave. Don't ever forget that. Before God took, he gave. And blessed be the name of the Lord.